Praise the Lord. Give the Lord one more shout of praise. Bless the worship team. Those that are watching online, God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for allowing us to take a few times. Isn't that exciting, though, adding another service and, and then hopefully adding another one after that, and then we'll figure out. I told the first service, after we have both service, both campuses filled to capacity with two services, then we'll just go by that Sears building on the mall there and have a big old campus down there. That's the same reaction they gave me too, but if our faith doesn't challenge God, is it really faith? If our dreams don't challenge our prayer time, is it really a dream? So I'm not saying that the Sears building, I did tell Janie the other day, I said, I wonder if we should buy that. She thought it, I meant stock in the company. She didn't think that was a good investment. I said, I said, no, there's an empty building there. I wonder if we should think about buying that. But I'll tell you what I am excited about is adding services to the campus that we have. And if we need to find another little building somewhere and have another campus with two or three services on it, we'll do that. God is, God is up to something, and I'm glad to be a part of it, and I'm glad that you're a part of it as well. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean it every time I say it. We're like family, and I love that part of it. I look forward to Sundays. It's, uh, some people say it's the only day I work, but it's the one day that I love to work. It's the, it's, Janie and I were in Florida the other uh, couple of weeks ago, and we were talking to a, a timeshare people. Ever sat through a timeshare thing? Sometimes I go just for the fun of it, Donna. And uh, the guy was younger, and he was newer. And uh, if you've ever been with Landon, you got to just earmark about six hours. He runs those guys through the millstone. And so I was, I was just, we were laid back, and the guy was pretty laid back. And uh, he, uh, he said, can I ask what you do for a living? He said, yeah, we're ministers. He said, oh, can you explain that? Like, do you really only work two hours a week? <laughs> I said, yeah, basically. So, man, it's good to it's good to be with y'all. We're in the one another series. This is the last uh, message of that series. Uh, we learned a few weeks ago to love one another unconditionally. I don't know about you, but I do find that hard to do sometimes. I'm going to be real honest with you and transparent. It's it's hard to love people without condition because we're conditioned to love, right? Uh, but when you can love and learn to love somebody unconditionally, you gain an intimacy with God that's unparalleled, okay? And so we learned that. Then we learned how to forgive uh, really unconditionally as well. Jesus says forgiveness comes with the prerequisite. Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 14 and 15, he says that if we don't forgive, uh, that we can't be forgiven. So I want you to close your eyes for the next five seconds and check your spirit. Is there anybody that you haven't forgiven that you need to maybe forgive right now? You might not forget what they did. You might even not forget what you did. But you need to forgive yourself. You need to forgive God. You need to forgive somebody else, maybe right now. Just just a moment. Just walk in that forgiveness. There you, there you go. Yeah. And then we talked last week about outdoing, outserving, encouraging, all those things. Not in a competitive nature or competitive way, but just in a really good way of, hey, I want to outserve. I want to I want to be a blessing. We have people on our serve teams here that are just amazing, right? They do a great job. We have people on our outreach teams that that will go into maybe 
maybe communities that other people refuse to go into and they make them hot dogs and they, uh, they teach them the gospel and they, they show them what love really is. So that's, that's beautiful. And today we're going to talk about praying one for another. And so uh, maybe you need prayer. Fantastic. We're going to have people praying with you. Maybe you don't need prayer, but you know how to pray. Fantastic. We're going to have you praying with some people as well. Because praying for one another is biblical. It's about as biblical as you're going to get. It's what uh, the vehicle is that we are used by God. So prayer is communication with the Father. And we pray to God through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus sits on the right hand of the master making intercession for us. So he too prays for us as we pray for, as we pray for others. And scripture says in Revelations that the prayers fill up vials in heaven that are poured out before the Lord. And that becomes in our answered prayers. This recurring theme, you know, we don't believe that you have to pray through a saint or somebody else. We believe that you can just use the name of Jesus Christ and go straight to the throne of grace, okay? And so, but we have the power and the authority. Now, what the enemy wants to do is strip, that, strip you of that power. He wants to make you think that your prayers are no good that God's not hearing your prayers. And so he leaves us to the point where we sometimes leave a little short right before the answer is going to come. Right before the answer is on the way, we stop praying, we stop believing, we stop having faith, we start having doubt. We have to be careful that in our prayer time, uh, there's a strategy, but it can be simple. It doesn't have to be theological. You can pray very strong, sound prayers, or you can just talk to God. There's not really a right or a wrong way to pray. We're going to go uh, to James, the fifth chapter, and we're going to read 13 through uh, 16. We'll take a break after 13 and jump over to Luke for just a moment. But I want you to see kind of how how James, Jesus' brother, organized his prayer time. Are, are there any believers in your fellowship suffering great hardship and distress? Encourage them to pray. And really the byline here would be, and pray with them. Are there happy, cheerful ones among you? Encourage them to sing out their praises. Let's stop here because he's referring in this word prayer, he's referring to Luke 18 and 1. Out of the King James it says, And he spake a parable to them to this end, that men ought always to pray, not to faint. Well, how do we always pray? How can we always be, are we monks where we don't have any responsibilities? Not that they don't have responsibilities, but do we have time just to sit and pray? Well, God always wants us in the attitude of prayer. It's like when Janie and I will drive somewhere together. We drove to Florida a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, and, and, and sometimes we don't say a word, but we're, there's always an intimacy about us. There's always a conversation. I don't have to reintroduce myself to her. God wants the intimacy with you where you don't have to reintroduce yourself to him or you're not always coming to him for a need, but sometimes you just want to talk to him. Sometimes you just want to chat. God, God, this, this is on my heart today. God, this is, this, or maybe God lays a person on your heart. Man, I want to pray for that person. I want to pray for those individuals. Janie and I have devotion every morning. We'll have a cup of coffee, and uh, I read a little devotion, and then we'll take turns praying. And it's amazing the number of people that we just come across that, that, that have prayer or need prayer. It's important for us to understand that God wants us always to have an attitude of prayer. Let's go back to James. And are there any sick among you? Then ask the elders of the church to come and pray over the sick and anoint them with oil in the name of our Lord. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And if they have committed sins, they will be forgiven. 
Confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another and then pray for one another. To be instantly healed for tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit that's in this service. Thank you, Lord, for those watching online, those in the building, tending to children and others. Thank you, Father, Lord, for family. Thank you for, Lord, the, the, the trust that you've given Grace Church to be, Lord, just to minister one to another. Help us, Lord, today as we study about praying one for another. Lord, the intricacies, the, the delicacies, Lord, of picking up someone else's sympathy or empathy and praying compassionately for them. Open our hearts today, receive. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So there's four basic types of prayer. There's blessings, petitions, intercessions, and thanksgiving. I have them on the screen by themselves in case you want to take a picture or you want to write them down. It's important that we understand that as we walk through today's teaching, uh, that prayer is a powerful component. Prayer is something that God has given us to be able to do back to him, but also on his behalf for other people. And so it, it becomes a 360, right? Someone might pray for you. You might pray for someone. You might pray to the Lord. You might pray to God in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit might come. So there's this big revolution taking place of prayer. So the first prayer, the prayer of blessings, is really not praying for blessings. It's a prayer of blessings that would include praising God. So David said in a psalm, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven, Psalms 150. And so when we praise God, a form of prayer is taking place. How is that? Well, when I praise God in the morning, when I praise God during that wonderful song service that we had, the, the worship service, and, I, and I, man, the one song, then the other song build on it, and then the other song build on it, and then the, the final song's going to sing. It's like, man, I, I can't help but walk out praising God. My praise goes up, God's glory comes down, and people get healed all around you just by praising God. Can we take five or six seconds to just Praise God. Can we just give him the glory that he's due? Can we just shout a little bit on how good God is? Can we share with one another? Can, God is so good. We're praising God. And when I'm in a praise service, right, and I understand what's going on, my praise, and maybe, just maybe, not very often, but just maybe there's a song that I can't connect with. It doesn't matter because I'm connecting with God through my praise. And so some people can't engage in worship because they don't like the song. You're not worshiping God. You're worshiping the worship. And there's a difference there, right? We're not praising God. We're praising the praise. And so we have to understand that when we praise God, there's a blessing that follows, and it's a prayer blessing so that people around us all of a sudden miraculously start getting healed or delivered or set free because we're praising God. And by the way, when we praise God or when we, pr when we sing, it's the only time our right and left brain work together. This is why people who stutter have peace and speech impediments can all of a sudden sing or people have heavy, heavy accents. They sing just, it seems like just normal without an accent because their mind works together. When you praise God, your left and right mind together, work together with your heart. And all of a sudden, anything that's heavy on you lifts up off of you. It's a praise that we give. Give the Lord one more shout of praise, if you will, this morning. He's worthy to be praised. Amen. Then there's a prayer of petition. This is asking God, right? So first we're praising God with our prayer, and then we're asking God. Jesus said himself to ask and seek and knock. 
And if we do those things, we'll, we'll, we'll have answers, okay? And so this is the petition. This petition is really for uh, our asking so that, God, maybe you don't know what to do. Maybe you have a need. Maybe you need a healing. Maybe you need a miracle. Maybe you need deliverance. Maybe you need to be set free. Maybe you just need an answer. Maybe you have a lost loved one. You're asking God. There's a petition. And when we ask God those things and we do those things, there's power in the name of Jesus. Did you know that? There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the blood of the Lamb. So we have this power in our life. Now, is it Jesus' fault if we don't use his name? No, it's not at all. It's our fault. So if we pray in the name of Jesus, that's petition, this asking, if you will, then God's there. Jesus, again, tells us in Matthew ask. James, his brother, says you have not because you ask not, or you ask amiss. We don't ask according to the agreement that is the Father's will. And so if we're asking, you know, if if you're asking for the the winning lottery ticket number, probably not. Probably not going to happen. And if you do, again, 20% goes to Grace Church. (laughs) Or 25, or 50. But I don't know that God's going to answer that. But if you're asking for a loved one to be saved, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going to hear you on that one. Well, do he go against someone's will? No, but he'll draw that person. 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 He'll send the Holy Spirit. You keep praying, he'll keep answering. Amen? You keep praising, he'll keep answering. Then the third on the list is a prayer of intercession. This is for others. Now, we'll get back to this one in a moment. But the scripture says, Paul writing, pray with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. This is why we believe that you should be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, we believe in speaking in an unknown tongue. We don't do it very often in service. We believe it's kind of more for our private time, but you can do it publicly. We do it in services in the past, but some people are really afraid of it. And there's nothing to be afraid of that is a gift of God. If it's a gift of God, then we should get all that we want. Amen. But there's times I don't know how to pray. I pray in my spiritual prayer language. There's people I don't know how to pray for, but the Lord lays them on my heart. I pray in my spiritual, love, uh, my spiritual language. Pray with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. This is a prayer for others. So when we intercede, we're not interceding for ourselves. We're interceding for our community. We're interceding for our, our country. We're interceding for our family or our friends or loved ones. We're interceding for a situation that we don't know the, the direct answer. So we may be praying in our spiritual realm. And then there's a prayer of thanksgiving. And I like how... Uh, this starts with blessings of praise, ends with, with blessings of thanksgiving. However, when Jesus prayed, almost every single time that he's recorded that he prayed, he offered thanksgiving to the Father first. And so we start with thanksgiving and then we end with thanksgiving. Paul says, continue in prayer and watch therein with thanksgiving. So in other words, if I have a prayer need, maybe I start praying. But then I'm thankful, God, that you heard my prayer, even before the answer is on the way. We don't have to wait until the answer is there before we start giving thanksgiving. We should start giving thanksgiving while we're waiting on the answer. Can you say amen? This is important to do, church, because too many times we wait for something and then we're disappointed. But it's the thanksgiving, it's a thankful heart and a heart of gratitude that unleashes that answer. And we just have to look at what Jesus did in that realm. He always would say, Father, I thank you 
that you're going to heal Lazarus. Father, I thank you that you're going to feed these 5,000. Father, I thank you. And so if we use his example and say, Father, I thank you that the miracle's on the way. I thank you that this tumor is going to be removed. I thank you that my son or daughter is going to come back home. I thank you. And then we pray a prayer of thanksgiving. So those are four basic forms of prayer, but there's four different people groups that we would pray about. And I think we have that screen as well. So number one, not in any given order, but the first one we have based on scripture is David talks about praying for the peace of Jerusalem. I'll tell you one reason why America is so blessed isn't because we're so smart. It's not because we're, we're so mighty. It's not because we have a lot of wisdom. It's because we've always had an ally in Jerusalem. We always had Israel as a, and listen, if we, ever, if we ever stop that, if we ever shy away from that, America will implode because we're only blessed because God's hand is upon us. I'll tell you why. The Bible says in Psalms 122, pray for the peace of Jerusalem and you shall prosper that love thee. So it's right there. Well, pastor, I don't believe in the Bible. Well, I do. And I'll tell you, I can show you why. I can show you how the America is blessed because we continue to support Israel. Now, that doesn't mean Israel does everything right. You may or may not agree with everything that they do. You may or may not agree everything with the, that this church does, but you should still pray for this church, right? So we pray for the peace of Jerusalem because those are God's chosen people. It's a desire of the Father is to bless. And he ordained the writer of Psalms by the power of the Holy Spirit to write this down. So as far as praying for others, interceding, praying for uh, peace of Jerusalem is one of the things that we should pray for. The next one is that Jesus said to pray for those who persecute you in Matthew, the fifth chapter. How many find that hard? I'm going to be honest. I mean, you guys are all more saintly than I am. It's hard to pray for people that, that just use you up. It's hard to pray for people. I know we, we can be real super spiritual, but can we be real for a second? I mean, the boss that just owns you and uses you the ex-spouse that just doesn't choose to get along with you, the wayward kids that are angry at you, you know, the parent, I mean, the, the, the employees or the employers that are like, man, I just, I just I battle every time I see those people. And you know, they're saying things to you. And now with social media, they can put it on Facebook, they can Instagram it, they can email and text. It, it's hard to deal with people that persecute you. It really is. And yet, Jesus said, pray for those who persecute you. Say all manner of evil against you. Wow. And then he says this, that reveals your identity as children of God. See, when we act like the world, we're no different than the world. But when we act like Jesus, we grow in our intimacy with him. And so if we pray for those who persecute us, deal wrongly with us, strategize against us, how many are like me and I, like I want to take the vengeance sometimes, especially if somebody else is involved? It doesn't have to be me. But, man, you mess with one of our church people. You mess with one of our kids. You mess with my wife. You are going to get the wrath of Mark. I promise you, it is true. I am coming down on you hard. And if someone from somebody else is coming down on one of our church members, it's like, man, you got you to gotta bar the door. Me and half my family are coming out the door coming to get you. That, and that is true. My family can attest to that. Very seldom do I drop to my knees and start praying for that person. 
But that's what Jesus is asking us to do. It's hard. It's really tough. It's difficult. Because every person in this room has had somebody in your life that's tried to persecute you in an unfair way. But Jesus did too. And yet he said, let's pray for them. It'll show your identity of who you really are running after. It'll show your identity of who you really are. Are you the world's or are you God's? It's tough. It really is. I wish I almost thought about omitting this one. <laughs> Holy Spirit said, don't you dare, you coward. Tell him, tell him to pray for those who persecute. So I'm telling you, I think he was talking to me first. I wanted to omit it because it would be a lot easier to preach. It's easier when we talk about people we don't get along with. We have a different lifestyle then. We, we, can, we, can, we, can, uh, we can judge them unfairly. And Jesus said, hey, let's, let's just go ahead and pray. Yeah, but they said this about me on Facebook. Let's pray for them. Wow. Maybe I'm just preaching to myself. Paul said, pray for those in authority. Here's another one that, yeah, it's nice. If I like my boss, if I like my, my preacher, you know, if I like the people I'm in contact, if, I, if, you know, if, my, if my guy's in at president, if my guy's in at governor, if my guy's in at mayor, yeah, I'm going to pray for him, yeah. But I think Paul's saying to pray for all people in authority, even if your guy does get elected, if your boss is mean to you, if they are cruel. You all heard the Don Stone story. Can I say it real quick one more time? Don was my boss. He hated me. He absolutely hated me. My brother worked for him, and I'm not my brother. And uh, I didn't go to the bars afterwards. I didn't play golf with him. I didn't all those things. And Don just hated me, man. He used me up, gave me the worst route. It was a route job. I needed the money. It was good money. Hated the job. Man, I just hated it. We had three kids at home. Needed the money. I hated going to work. I actually just, I just would, man, I just, I was close to having a breakdown. And pastor preached, pray for those who persecute you. So I started praying for Don Stone. God, please fire Don. (laughs) I did. So I I did. I I wanted him to kill Don, first of all, but I thought that was too cruel. God, would you fire Don? Just get rid of him. And then, I, then the Lord said, that's probably not the best way to pray. I was going early in the morning praying God would fire him. God, would you give him a better job? God, move him to Florida. God, just get rid of Don. And uh, God said that probably wasn't the best way to pray either. This is over months. I mean, I'm praying sincerely. God, would you fire him? Lord, would you just move him? God, move him on. God, this, we got to get rid of Don. So I have peace of mind. The Lord said, I ain't moving Don until you actually pray for us. God, would you, would you bless Don? Boy, that was hard to say. And I prayed a couple more months. I mean, this thing, this is six, seven months into a thing. God, would you, would you bless Don? God bless Don. Would you bless Don? Um, help him. So after about seven months, Don confided in me. He had some heart issues. So he actually asked me if I would pray for him. So I did. Lord, would you heal Don? Don and I became pretty good friends. We started golfing together. <laughs> Don came, Don came up to me one day and said, hey, Mark, I'm, I'm leaving. I said, where are you going? I'm moving to Florida. I got a better job. <laughs> Absolutely what I prayed for. 
But I didn't, I mean, when I was praying wrong and then God heard me, and Don would persecute me, we became really good friends and close. Don't, don't leave out the God factor when God has you pray for people that maybe you don't like because he loves them and he loves them just the way they are. And he's going to change them if they need changing, but he's going to change you in the process as well. Pray for those in authority and then pray for one another. We're going to do that in just a moment. So we, we pray the authority, we pray for one another. And James tells us, can we read that one more time, Anthony? Let's, let's read it. I know I'm kind of around the place a little bit. Are there any believers in your fellowship suffering great hardship and distress? This is why we gather together in community. This is why we ask each other, hey, how was your week? Not to pass the time. How was your week? How was your week? What, do you have anything going on that we can pray about? I had a dear sister this morning say, man, I got a, a lump right here. Another sister this morning said, my husband was in the hospital. That's why I haven't been here. Man, that hurts. And we're going to pray in just a moment. Encourage them to pray. Are there happy, cheerful ones among you? Encourage them to sing out in praise, which we did a moment again. Verse 14, are there any sick among you? They ask the elders of the church to come and pray over the sick and anoint them with oil in the name of our Lord. So in technically... If you're walking a biblical life and you have some seasons behind you, you're an elder that can pray. You, if someone says, hey, would you pray with me? You fill the bill, pray with them. God will hear your prayers. You don't have to wait till Sunday. You don't have to wait for a prayer line. We can pray for one another. We've been given that authority. Verse 15 says, and the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith, your prayer of faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and if they have committed sins, they will be forgiven. Confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another, and then pray for one another to be instantly healed for tremendous powers released through the passion and heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. Write these down really quickly. There's three things. First, there's a power of prayer that we read in this. You can pray when you're in trouble. You can pray when you have joy. You can pray when there's sickness. We learned that in the scripture. But that sickness means weary or worn down spiritually or emotionally or even physically weak. You have power in prayer. There's a, and the enemy will tell you you don't, but there's so much power in prayer. Number two, there's practice of prayer. So we have to practice. What, what does he tell us to do? Grab an elder. Grab someone who's a believer and, and get anointed. There's nothing special in the anointing oil, but it, it signifies the power of the Holy Spirit. And then confess. Listen, you're not confessing sins all the time. It could be a fault or a failure. It could be an apprehension. It could be anxiety. It could be a fear or a doubt of some side. Hey, I need you to pray with me. Would you pray with me? And all of a sudden, there's a power that takes place that energizes you in that practice. And then there's a promise of prayer. We say promise promise. It's effective. It's healing. It's faith-filled. There's a passion in the heartfelt promise that becomes effective. Have you ever seen someone that just, like they're passionate about it? They, like they're, there's a desire there. Wow, these people are really passionate. There's a heartfelt desire. There's a belief system there. Verse 16, we won't read it again, but it talks about a prayer with the a passion. It energizes believers. Come on back, worship team. 
So we look at ourselves and we think out loud, well, am I good enough to pray? It doesn't matter. Am I strong enough to pray? It doesn't matter. Am I experienced enough to pray? It doesn't matter. You have to start somewhere, somehow, some way. And we're going to pray here in just a moment. We're going to gather. In fact, stand with me, if you will, right where you're at. We're going to gather in groups. Maybe you have a family here you want to gather with them, or maybe someone's by themselves and you want to gather them into your family. And we're going to ask, is there anything I can pray with you about? Well, yeah, I've got a sickness. I've got a, a, a bad report from the doctor. I've got an issue. I got a loved one that doesn't know Jesus. I'm worried about them. I got a test. Jenny and I prayed one uh, service not too long ago for a young man who had a, I think it was a physical therapist, and he had a test that he had to take. And oh, he was so nervous. He had, he had not passed it the first time, and he was disappointed. And, Let's pray. So we prayed. Talked to him the next Sunday. He had a huge smile on his face. Did you pass? Man, I passed with flying colors. Thanks for praying. That's what we do. That's what we all do. We stand in the gap and we pray for each other. Well, Pastor, what if God doesn't hear our prayers? He hears every prayer. He doesn't always answer the way we want him to answer, but he'll answer every prayer as well. Effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much, does much good. That's what that means. And so I'm going to pray. And here's what I'd like you to do during this next song, which is a powerful song, by the way. But if you would like to gather with two or three or four people, oh, this might be awkward for some of you. It might be unusual for some of you. Maybe the prayer won't be for you. Maybe someone else needs your prayer today. Maybe someone else needs to be healed, delivered, or set free. If the Lord has given us the opportunity to pray one for another, how many thinks it's a good thing that we do it one for another? Amen. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask you in just a moment to turn around or gather side by side or find some people to pray with and just ask, hey, can I pray with you? Or maybe you have a need. Hey, would you pray with me? I have this need in my life. Father, I thank you today. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us the opportunity to pray one for another. Those watching online, if they can gather around family members or around the computer or the television, whatever they're watching on, if they would pray with us, those here in-house, if we could pray one for another. Lord, as you told us throughout Scripture, David said it, Jesus said it, Paul said it, James said it, pray one for another. Help us to pray, Lord. And then, Lord, let healing take place, physical, spiritual, financial, mental, emotional, relational healing. Let it take place, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Find someone. Let's pray together one for another. Yeah. 
Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. How many of you receive that today? That God has good plans for you. I don't know what the enemy tried to take from you, but I know the plans that God has for you. And that's for you to prosper and for you to be in good health. Amen. So today as we go, we have prayed for one another and we are gonna believe with one another. We are a family in Christ and we are gonna go out of here united as one and we are going to be uh, the church that upon this rock, God will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, amen. We are by God's definition an unstoppable force. The gates of hell cannot prevail. God is for us, so who can be against us? Whatever you gave to God in prayer today, I just want to put a stamp on that and to say that we have faith that it's going to happen. Amen. You are not alone. You might have walked into here with an impossible situation, but let me tell you something. You've walked into the right place because there's enough faith in this room to move mountains. Amen. God is able. So let's just close in a word of prayer and believe that we're together in this. And that with God, all things are possible. Amen. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to worship you together with one another in one accord. Lord, we thank you that you are for us and not against us and that you have good plans for each one of us. I pray that you bless my brothers and sisters here today, that no weapon formed against them can prosper. Lord, that as we march out of here, we are marching out of here as saints, as children of God, so that nothing against us could come against us, Lord, because you have good plans for us. Bless each one. Let them to walk in good health, to walk in prosperity, Lord, and to be the children of God you've called us to be. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.